It's Midday Magazine for Monday, July 10th. I'm Shelby Herbert. The U.S. Coast Guard held a change of command ceremony in Petersburg at the end of June. Lieutenant Jack Lowenstein led the U.S. Coast Guard Cutter Pike on its 1,700-mile journey from San Francisco to Petersburg last summer. Command of the vessel transferred to Master Chief Kay Jones. The ceremony took place at the Sons of Norway Hall. The event was attended by the Pike's crew and their families, senior Coast Guard personnel, representatives of Senator Lisa Murkowski and Dan Sullivan, as well as members of the Petersburg community. Jones is no stranger to Southeast, serving most recently as Executive Petty Officer aboard U.S. Coast Guard Cutter Anthony Pettit in Ketchikan. Captain Darwin Jensen, the commander of uh, Sector Juno, said that this experience will serve Jones well in Petersburg. She truly knows the waters of Southeast Alaska and understands the challenges and unique relationship that the communities have with this waterway, which represents the connection between all of our towns here in Southeast Alaska. After spending a week here in Petersburg, Jones said her top priorities are the two C's, Stay connected with the community and then take care of the crew. You know, you take care of the crew, the crew's able to do their job, and we're able to serve the community that way as well. Lowenstein was awarded the Coast Guard Commendation Medal at the ceremony to mark outstanding achievement during his command. Lowenstein shared his pride in the Pike's crew and expressed deep gratitude to the people of Petersburg. But most of all, he thanked his family. Biggest thank you to my wife and my baby girl, Naomi. The sun rises and sets for them. It's hard going out at sea. I know the folks in Petersburg know what that's like. Uh, but coming back in and seeing my baby's face is the best the best thing. Lowenstein is now moving on his, to his next assignment in Washington, D.C. Last Friday night, Alaska State Troopers confirmed the names of the passengers who died in the pr- a plane crash near the village of Old Harbor on Kodiak Island over the 4th of July weekend. Longtime Kodiak resident Rod Murdoch, who was 73, and 91-year-old Bri- Byron Shitwood died in the crash, according to troopers. The Piper Cherokee went down just north of Old Harbor, about six minutes into the flight. Chitwood was from Texas. He was the mayor of Greenville, outside of Dallas, in the early 2000s. Greenville's local newspaper, the Herald Banner, reported Thursday that Chitwood's two adult sons were also on board the plane and injured in the crash. Family members told the paper they were on an annual fishing trip to Alaska. Murdoch lived in Kodiak for more than three decades. He owned Alpha Appliance Repair. There's a celebration of life planned for Murdoch at the covered picnic area of Kodiak's Fort Abercrombie State Park today at noon. His family says anyone who knew him is welcome to bring a dish and an instrument and share a memory. The National Transportation Safety Board is still investigating the cause of the crash. By next year, Wrangell community members could be able to purchase one of more than 20 newly developed housing lots. The borough is continuing its plan to build a new subdivision at the site of the formal Wrangell Institute boarding school, about five miles south of town. It'll be called Aldertop Village after the historic Clinket name for the site. Wrangell's assembly approved funding for the first phase of the project last Thursday. A $900,000 contract with Ketchikan Ready Mix and Quarry. 
Borough Manager Jeff Good said the first phase includes removing the chain link fence at the site, clearing alders, and monitoring for historic or cultural artifacts at the property after the boarding school's closure. So this will do the the clearing and then it also uh, starts establishing the roads and does the first dig, uh, which is kind of the, one of the requirements from the Army Corps of Engineers and also SHPO uh, for the so State Historical Preservation Office. Uh, so it kind of gets those roads cut in, gets the dig done. So it kind of gets us through that first hurdle of, of actually getting the roads done. Once the lots are cleared and the roads roughed in, the next phase of a development will establish actual roads at the site, as well as utility connections. Borough manager Patty Gilbert says the development is much needed and has been a long time coming. 2010 is where the comprehensive plan identified that Wrangell needed housing and that the old institute property would be a, a good option for that. And then in 2015 is when we began planning in earnest to um, make that a reality. According to the contract, the first phase of lot clearing and development should wrap up by the end of October. Computer-controlled tools have changed high school shop class in ways that many people of a certain age wouldn't recognize. There are still bottles of glue everywhere table saws, and cabinets full of pipe clamps and drill bits. But next door, there's now a studio with rows of computer terminals that today's shop class cannot exist without. Most shop projects start here and end anywhere a student can imagine. One Sitka high school senior, who is both an aspiring engineer and musician, spent the spring semester making his rock and roll dreams come true. Robert Woolsey reports from Sitka. We all have mixed feelings about shop class. We made cutting boards for our moms or nightstands that weren't quite level, while the kid at the next workbench made a mahogany chessboard or a media center for the living room. Brian Mosley has topped them all. That's so weird, it's backwards. This is Mosley Number 1, an electric guitar modeled on the famous Fender Telecaster made in clear dark walnut, it's got a brushed aluminum pick guard and an orange epoxy resin inlay with his name, Mosley, and a phoenix in flight. So I have a phoenix bird that I put on it because okay. I was born and raised in Phoenix, so I was like, I'll do that, and then I have a last name. I wasn't convinced a high school student could make a good guitar, so Mosley and I visited the Sitka Fine Arts Camp to meet with Sitka's premier rock and roller. Oh, hey, I'm Joe Montagna, local Sitka school teacher slash guitar player. I've been playing guitar my entire life. Love guitars. I play lead guitar in a Sitka local cover band, Slack Tide. We just do lots of classic rock songs. And uh, this is a piece you could put up in a guitar center when you walk into. Guitar Center is a famous chain down south, right? Um, you would find this in the guitar center and you wouldn't like blink twice. At, like, oh, that's definitely a school guitar. You'd be like, oh, how much is this one? And then when you picked it up, the real connoisseur will be like, oh, this thing's going to have great tone because it weighs a ton. Yeah. And there's no name on the top, so I would say, oh, Mosley down there, who's that? It's gorgeous. So you're thinking, well, he made it on a computer. Of course it's a good guitar. But he didn't make it on a computer. He designed it on a computer and cut the parts out on a computer-controlled router. Everything else, the walnut finish, installing the pickups and electronic controls, was regular shop-class elbow grease. 
The computer has elevated designs, but hasn't replaced craft. Ryan's a single Design and Fab Two student in a class full of Design and One Fab One students, so he's pretty much an independent study student. Mike Vieira is one of Sitka's career and technical education teachers. He had the context and the contacts to help Mosley create his custom guitar. So about six years ago, when we had just gotten this, we hosted a teacher workshop and uh, had a bunch of teachers come down from different parts of the state of Alaska and the Northwest, and they built a bunch of guitars. And the teacher that led that, Corey Torpa, he teaches in Kalama, Washington. And so he wrote the tutorial for this. Um, after that workshop, we were able to write a couple grants to spend some time together and develop curriculum. I've based a lot of what I do with students on what he was doing with students at that time. So when Ryan expressed that he had interest in doing guitar, I was like, oh, I know just the person. Before school ended for the summer, I visited Mosley in the shop while he worked on the guitar. I watched him cut the curvy Telecaster body. Mosley observed as the router bit sliced through the walnut, one eye on the computer monitors next to the machine. Yeah, it looks like, looks like we got a nice, nice cut. So there's all the pockets. So like this, I, I custom did this um, off a couple different design references because there's this tunnel to the knobs. Mosley later cut the guitar's neck, which was a bit more challenging as it tapers. With time running out, he bought a ready-made fretboard and, of course, all the electronics. In all, he spent around $500 to build a guitar that sells for several thousand. How much you want for it? We laugh, you know. Someone must have told that to Les Paul when he made a, his first oh, yeah. guitar. That's the guy's name. You know who Les Paul is? Yeah. He literally designed it and went to the company and said, Here, Gibson, it's named after me. You know, 0001. I can only imagine what that guitar would fetch today. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, hey, you could be the next Les Paul. Mosley is enrolling in an out-of-state undergraduate engineering program this fall. He'll probably have a roommate who, if fate is kind, had a great shop class too, where he was encouraged to make an electric bass, or at least drumsticks. Because nowadays, a cutting board just doesn't cut it. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Backers of ranked choice voting have filed a complaint with the Alaska Public Offices Commission. It alleges that a group of a group working to a, repeal Alaska's new voting system has repeatedly violated campaign finance laws, in part by funneling money through a religious organization. Wesley Early has the story. The APOC complaint involves two groups with similar names but opposing missions. Alaskans for Better Elections filed the complaint. It sponsored Ballot Measure 2 in 2020, which established a ranked choice voting system in Alaska. The complaint is filed against Alaskans for Honest Elections, which is campaigning to get rid of ranked choice voting. The complaint cites documents showing that ranked choice foes formed a separate religious company, Ranked Choice Education Association, as an integrated auxiliary of a church called Wellspring Fellowship of Alaska. Anchorage attorney Scott Kendall, author of the complaint, alleges the purpose was to mask campaign donations and potentially falsely obtain tax deductions for the contributions. That's beyond my wildest imagination because I have I've formed campaign groups, I've formed ballot measure groups. I've formed super PACs. 
it has never occurred to me, nor would it ever occur to me, to form it as a church. It's one of the more bizarre things I've ever seen in my entire career. Phil Eisen is named to the complaint and a director of both the main anti-rank choice campaign and the church-affiliated spinoff. Aizan says he isn't privy to the specifics of the filing status and that most of the filing was done by CPAs and tax experts. We did consult with people doing it, so um, we, we're not just, we didn't just randomly do that. So to your knowledge, it's not a religious organization? As far as I'm aware. The Articles of Incorporation for the RCEA list several goals as the mission of the ministry, including to promote Christian doctrine. But Kendall says RCEA's website is exclusively dedicated to disparaging ranked choice voting. The Ranked Choice Education Association are out there essentially campaigning without registering. They have they have a websites and materials that look identical to the registered group. So it, it's confusing, but it appears to be confusing by... Um, by design of these people. Public documents list Art Mathias as president of RCEA. Mathias is also a director of Alaskans for Honest Elections and the founder of Wellspring Ministries. While Mathias has publicly claimed he donated $100,000 to the effort to get rid of ranked choice voting, no such donation exists in his name in Alaskans for Honest Elections financial disclosures. Mathias did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Aizan is at the center of another allegation in the complaint. He's listed as contributing $200,000 as an in-kind donation to Alaskans for Honest Elections in the form of professional services. The donation was dated two weeks after Alaskans for Honest Elections began taking donations. The complaint alleges, quote, the fantastical assertion that Mr. Aizan's time is worth $100,000 per week is absurd on its face, end quote. Kendall says the donation was listed to give a false impression. It appears to have been used to inflate the appearance of the support for their ballot measure. Look at this. We've raised $290,000, never mind the fact that 200000 is fictional. Aizan says the money is meant to represent the work he will do over the year, not for the two-week period. Nothing to do with inflating or anything to do with that. That honestly wasn't the intention. It was literally, that was a, what APOC told us to do, and we did it per their instruction. The only money spent by Alaskans for Honest Elections, per APOC filings, has been $67,000 going to Leading Light Advisors for marketing purposes. The company is run by Diamond Metzner, Aizan's wife. Aizan says his wife runs the company herself. I don't have access. I'm not in, on any of the bank accounts for that organization. Kendall says he hopes APOC will do a thorough investigation. And I think if APOC can, can accomplish anything, it's to you know, get into these people's records, whatever condition the records are in, and get them to report accurately. Aizan says his group has gathered roughly 20,000 signatures to repeal ranked choice voting. They need 27,000 to get the measure on the ballot. Reporting in Anchorage, I'm Wesley Early. For KFSK, I'm Shelby Herbert.